Hello and welcome back to another episode of And The Winner Is. As always, I'm your host, P-Dubs, and joining me is Tony. Oh, blimey. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of talk about that as we as we go through this one. Um, so welcome to the first episode for December. It's very late. This is the day before New Year's Eve we're recording this. So these will be out on New Year's Eve. So you're going to get them just on the cusp of the year. Um, yeah, and, but they and will just be out. to watch My Fair Lady on New Year's Day on Channel 5. Yeah. Yep, yeah. And and that was one of the things I was going to bring up. So yeah, as Tony said, we're we're here to discuss 1965 winner My Fair Lady, uh, the 1964 um film version of the uh, musical theatre musical. Um so yeah, this this is a film that I've probably not seen. I would say probably for 25 30 years, but it was a staple yeah of this time of year. When I was younger, very much on another film we're going to touch on right now within this, Mary Poppins was yeah, also yeah. a staple. I remember I used to come home, and you'll probably say this, and I've had this discussion with people recently. I felt like I was always sent home early on Christmas Eve from school. <clears throat> I think we probably were, I'm sure. In fact, the, the School knew where I work in Warsaw, where so when I went lunchtime on the Friday, and I'm sure we finished our lunchtime yeah. on, the, on the last day. And Mary yeah. Poppins always used to be on that afternoon when you got yeah. home. And this was another one of those films that would be on during that that period. Yeah. And, yeah. But I don't think I've seen it since. No, and I haven't seen it for a few years, and I don't think I've seen it in its entirety more than I want to say once, possibly twice, until this time. It's yeah. one I've always got bits and pieces of, but I've seen it once. I, I know of when I was in full, and possibly yeah. a second time. But but yeah, but it's one. I think because of its length, and it, you always it's on when you switch the telly on or something. And then yeah, you, uh, exactly. Um, so release date it opened um, properly. <coughs> Where is it? So US release. Well, the UK release date was actually the twenty first of January, nineteen sixty five. Um, so it just sneaked in in time. Yeah. Um, so it's UK pre- uh, US premiere. It had one in New York on the 21st of October 1964, um, but then was properly released in Los Angeles on the 28th, so a week later. Oh. Um, between New York, they had a premiere on each coast for this film. That's how much was thought of it. Um, yeah. So as always, we're going to look at the box office um, and its its filming budget. So its filming budget was seventeen million dollars. Do you want to take a pop at how much it took? Oh, in old money, I reckon about ninety million. Not quite. It was seventy two point six worldwide. Um, so it wasn't massive. It didn't have a massive um, box office worldwide because um, it took some about seventy two million dollars in the US as well. It was only about a hundred thousand pounds different, hundred thousand dollars difference. Um, so it's it's another one of those ones that probably didn't take into full account what it took worldwide. Um, it's always a pain when they do that. We've noticed that with a few, um, probably just because they weren't registering box offices at that point. Um, mm. So diving into our facts as we always do, one that I don't even need to look up. Um, the original choice. For the part was Dame Julie Andrews. Um, she'd played the role 
on Broadway. She'd originated it, um, but unfortunately didn't get the role. Um, Jack Warner, Warner Brothers that I know Tony's got some problems with in recent years. Um, although, although I got to say by by recent um, controversy now, the lawyers, by recent Warner Brother standards, he was a genius. Jack Warner. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he chose Audrey Hepburn. Uh, and we're diving to Audrey Hepburn's problems with Jack Warner um, with these <laughs> these comments as well. Uh, Audrey Hepburn did not sing in this film. Um, it may make you think she did, um, but she didn't and didn't know that was the case when she signed on um, and said she wouldn't have taken the role and that Julie Andrews should have got it. Um, uh, so... Um, yeah. You could have seen Andrews in the role, definitely, couldn't you? Certainly. Yeah, yeah, it was. It, it, it's obvious that the the role was written for written for her on Broadway. Um, yeah. There's no doubt that she probably should have should have got the role. But saying that, if she had have got the role, she would not have been Mary Poppins. Um, because yeah. they were very similar time. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, she didn't get that role, but did get a better one. Um, so Rex Harrison had also been in the Broadway version, um, for those that didn't know. Um, and he did sing one of the songs, I've Grown Accustomed to Her Face, um, was a song that he used to sing to his third wife. Um, <laughs> but by the time he sang it in the movie, she had passed away with leukemia. Um, so it, it did hold a special place for him. Mm. Um, and he actually dedicated his... Academy Award for this movie uh, to Audrey Hepburn and Julie Andrews because obviously he played opposite both of them uh, in this role. Um, Talking of Rex Harrison, his microphone was hidden in his neckties and it would occasionally pick up police broadcasts from passing cars. Um, So (laughs) that probably wasn't good. Um, Mm -hmm. The marbles that uh, Henry Higgins places in Eliza's mouth are actually grapes. Ah, yeah, um, and he's, originally uh, the role of Henry Higgins was um, offered to Cary Grant. Um, he turned it down because his original speaking voice was too close to Eliza's. Um, yeah. So that's how he actually spoke um, and had, had trained himself out of that. Um, what else have we got? Um, I think this is also a, a common thing for this era, and I was going to bring it up in my notes, but... Um, Rex Harrison's singing voice is pretty much speaking. Yes. Um, and he's not the only one. Um, I likened him to Mr. Banks in Mary Poppins. It was mm. very, very much a thing for, for male leads not to sing properly. Yeah. In, in this period. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was interesting. Um, also, um, what else have we got? Uh, Audrey Hepburn's failure to win an Oscar nomination was considered a major upset. Uh, it triggered protests at Warner Brothers because they didn't nominate her. Oh, they didn't put her forward. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. ridiculous. Whether they they forgot. Um, so yeah, as we mentioned, Audrey Hepburn does not sing in this film. Um, a, a, an actress named Marnie Dick, uh, Marnie Nixon uh, replaced her vocals. Um, unfortunately, lip sync because normally they lip sync themselves, actors that do this, don't they? On stage, yeah, and her lip 
was really good. Yeah, uh, they said it was unfortunately uh, Hepburn's voice tone was wrong. Oh. It was it was too low. Um, so really interesting there. Um, so Julie Andrews again got her revenge on Jack Warner three years later when she wasn't cast as Guinevere in the movie version of Camelot, a part which she had made her own on Broadway. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, that's the, the musical that Walt Disney saw her in and cast her as Mary Poppins. Um, so it yeah, then flopped. Her revenge was the sound of music. Yeah, well, no, it wasn't. Uh, the oh. The Camelot movie failed. They also didn't cast Richard Burton and Robert Goulet in their roles from Broadway. The film was such a flop that Jack L. Warner was ousted as president at Warner Brothers uh, because of it. Um, so I think that will do for, for our facts and figures. So let, let's dive into the film. Um, the credits, the credits are incredibly long. Yes. But saying that, they do seamlessly morph into the opening scene, which I thought was, was really clever. Yeah. Um, it's another one of those films where we get the sort of musical introduction, don't we? The music introduction. Yeah. And, and with this, this, the case, those flowers, I, that was the first thing I'd written down was flowers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit more about that as we go on. But talking of, of that, the, the sets in this film are amazing. Yes. Yeah. I, I noted that down. The, the, the soundstage sets look fantastic on it. Um, just, yeah, that's to me. That's how a soundstage should look for a movie, and it really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it it very much sets the tone for the film. And considering, and in the same way, I I, I think there's so many parallels with Mary Poppins because the sets on on that were great as well. Um, but yeah, there just seemed to be something about that era with with replicating real places as well. Yeah, because obviously a lot of this film is set in and around Covent Garden at times, kind of bookends the, the film. Um, uh, and even I could say, oh, that's exactly where it is in Covent Garden. It, it was so similar. Um, we do have to say it. The accent is ridiculous. <laughs> it's so over the top. We People talk about Dick Van Dyke's accent being bad. Yeah. Considering she's English... It's it's not great, um, and I think that is it's the only downfall much. of this film. Yeah, it it is a, a a posh person trying to do Cockney, isn't it? It's, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, the, uh, the opening is really frenetic as well. Um, we and I brought it up later on. There seemed to be a song every kind of fifteen minutes in the opening, like forty five. Yeah. But then that picks up and there's more as the film goes on. But the, the yeah, kind of the, yeah, the, the co kind of, you can't call them action scenes, can you? But no. kind of the, the big plot points are very frenetic. Like when we meet her and there's lots of bouncing around different characters and they they do get these characters that we see over and over again in this film. They get through them fairly quickly, introducing them at the start. Yeah. Because um, obviously we meet Eliza, we meet Higgins. Um, 
then all the other people, his housekeeper, um, the guy that helps him out um, with everything. We meet them all within that first kind of 10, 15 minutes of the film. Yeah. Um, Her dad, we meet quite quickly as well. I'd written down here, shiftless git, he's so lazy. But he's really good in the role as well. But yeah, um, but the act is fantastic. And, and yeah. the song he gets, his little bit of one, is really, yeah, really so tapper in it. That little bit. And, and that thing as well, most of the songs in this are so recognisable that you don't even realise. Um, yeah. Throughout yeah, this, there's, go, there's songs that I just so go, funny. oh, I know that. Yeah. Um, uh, and do you know what? It's it's very weird. Um, as I said, I've not seen it probably for 25, 30 years. And when she gets the accent right, I repeated the line because I knew what was coming. It was very strange that having not seen it for that long, I literally said it before he even said it. I said, by George, she's got it <laughs> without even thinking about it. And Lee, my, my wife was sitting there. She didn't watch the whole film with me. She saw bits and pieces of it. And she kind of looked at me stunned that I'd repeated a line from a film that I hadn't seen for that long. Um, <laughs> very, very weird. But it's it's one of those those films, I think, that's the kind of... The only thing I was going to mention, and this, this is something we've mentioned before in the, in the musical winners, is, again, a lot of the, um, the popular, more well-known ones are very much in the top start of the film aren't they yeah the first half of the film this seems to be a common theme yeah definitely it's it and i think that's probably why they're so well known because yeah. they kind of they're on the start of the soundtrack people may not loads, yeah yeah people may not listen to the whole whole score mm. but those ones are, are kind of until her dad sings again yeah Towards the end, which is obviously another song that's that's really well known. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's probably the, the the main big one from the second half of the film, isn't it? Really, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, I did say that it's um, it is a, a a very good conversion of a theatre piece. It's very yeah. noticeable at times when it becomes a from where it's been a a theatre piece piece. Yeah. Um, because it kind of takes a, a little while to to set up the story, but there's there's mm. a few scenes where people kind of just walk around, yeah, for a minute or so, and it's it's very noticeable that that's kind of been translated from the stage. Um, yes, I mean the, the one that springs to mind is, is the um is Ascot, yeah, uh, and a quite stylized way they do that, yeah, yeah, and there's there's a scene quite early on as well, kind of when they go from being in Covent Garden to her kind of going and and picking up the flowers and stuff like that. There's mm. a bit of a transition there as well, um, yeah. which is where I, I yeah. wrote that note down. But you're you're very right, Ascot is is very much that kind of thing. And and the wife picked that out as well. Yeah. What uh, I was gonna mention about that is the actual fact we got horses running across the front of the stage the Yeah. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, incredibly. Um, so I and I did say on that that note, it, it's no wonder that it's a three-hour film piece. Yeah, there's a because lot of, going on. Yeah, because of the the setups and and things. Um, another thing I, I want to say as well that um, 
Wouldn't It Be Lovely is a great showcase for a voice as well. Yes, yes, um, it is. Just a, it's a wonderful piece um, that obviously wasn't Audrey Hepburn, unfortunately, but um, yeah, wonderful, wonderful uh, piece yeah, for, I mean, for a voice. Through watching the film and watching the stuff she has to do in it, and I thought for the, the stage version, this is such a cool role for a lead actress to get. Yeah, it's got to be one of the best ones out there to get alongside like some Mary Poppins. Yeah, and it's it's a wonder it doesn't stick around more often. Like I know we had a revival here in the UK last year, mm. but it didn't stick around for long. Yeah, um, which is surprising. It's it's one of those ones that you'd think would would keep coming back again and again, but it just yes. Yes. it doesn't seem to stick around. Because I I'd, I'd, I'd love to say it. Obviously, I haven't seen um, Mary Poppins three times on the West End. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like yeah. to kind of do the comparison because obviously it's a little bit different. Mary Poppins is a massive Disney production yeah. uh, that's backed by the Walt Disney Company, whereas obviously when My Fair Lady comes along, it's it's a smaller piece. It yeah. it's gonna be, but to to kind of compare the two would be great because obviously that's where it came from. Just jumping out for a second, actually, because we didn't mention the the nominations at the start for Best yeah. Picture. Um, and of course, it was up against Mary Poppins. Yeah. Uh, um, the others, there was um, Doctor Strange Love, Mary Poppins, and Zorba the Greek. So I uh, want a film called Beckett as well. So Zorba the Greek, I've seen as well, and Doctor Strange Love. So I've seen, th- seen the other three, or three of the other four. And yeah, it's quite funny that we should say that, he, that comparing it to Poppins, because they're very similar elements to them. Um, yeah. And they're both in the same year. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. And as I said at the top of the show, it would have been a very different Mary Poppins if it had even been made. Yeah. If, if Julie Andrews wasn't available. Mm. Um so and, and on that note as well, obviously I I mentioned in the in the f- facts part that some of the actors were kind of doing their singing live. Yeah. Like Rex Harrison clearly was with a microphone attached to him. Um, I find that really fascinating that, mm. that that the actors were kind of doing things live on stage. And it must have been fairly difficult for Audrey Hepburn, considering she'd been replaced uh, oh, in that yeah. set. Yeah. Um, very interesting. Uh, I, I also want to pick up, I think this film looks beautiful, um, yeah. not just the sets. The transitions in colours... So from the great dark Covent Garden to the bright colours of the, the flowers yeah. uh, and, well, like and then the posher side of things. And then on yeah, like Ascot, Ascot is, yeah, is that, just that, that ridiculous. Black and white, isn't there? Throughout the, that yeah. whole sequence, everybody's in black and white and, and she comes out in that looking amazing in that really tight dress. Yeah. And, and sort of wiggling across and, and stealing that whole sequence as well with her performances. Probably one of the yeah. funniest bits of the film is when she's actually having that conversation. But yeah, yeah, the, the, that just the whole thing just looks amazing, and, and yeah. the, the whiteness of it as well. Yeah, um, I, I did want to say as well, dis, despite what I said about her accent, <coughs> it's such a compelling performance. It, yes. it captivates you on screen because she's doing all sorts of different, like, facial movements and just her movements around the room. The scene I want to bring up is is after um, he kind of celebrates winning the bet. 
and she's kind oh, of yes. hanging around in the background. Yes, we both picked up on the same thing because I also scribbled that down. That yeah. the stuff she's doing in the background is amazing. She just looks so lost and so yeah. bereft uh, and pushed out, and her facial expressions and the work she's doing in the background are fantastic. Yeah, just just brilliant. Um, and then, as I said, we get a song about every fifteen or so minutes for, yeah. for the first forty-five, and then it just hurries along with songs every probably ten minutes yeah. at, at that point, and it just they come thick and fast, um, which is great. Um, even her, her potential love interest gets a song, doesn't he, in the back end of the film as well? Yeah, we we should bring up uh, Sherlock Holmes at that point. <laughs> um, again, a, a kind of a thankless task, isn't it? That role, mm. um, but he well, yeah, does he so well with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, just it, it's a really thankless task, but again, he's doing all sorts of different things in the background as well, isn't he? Mm. Um, when she's kind of off with other people and he's trying to to get her attention, yeah. and and, yeah, and on that note. Him the ball or the banquet, whatever it is, is where. Yeah. It's just, it's really good. And and on that note, you mentioned the, the banquet. The the guy that's trying to work out whether she's a fake or not, because he doesn't know mm. who she is, the, the guy that had been Higgins' understudy yes. uh, and had learned from him. Some of that stuff there is brilliant as well. Um, mm. From someone that's not in the film for very long, only in the film, not even 10 minutes. No, um, but, but makes an impression. He's way in through that crowd of people to get to her, and he keeps getting blocked off. And he's yeah, brilliantly yeah. done. Absolutely great. Um, so I also wrote down. I thought the the back and forth between Higgins and her dad was a great scene. Mm. When he's trying to make out, like, oh, I don't, I don't want anything. Yes, or just what, just what I'm asking for. Yeah. Um, to make it look like he wasn't trying to get anything. It yeah, just, it's yeah. just a brilliant back and forth. He's so um, uh, I, yeah. Ironically, though, it backfires on him in the end because he gets yeah. a load of money and he can't deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, it, it makes me laugh. That that whole performance, is I thought, was just really great. Yeah, well, so yeah exactly. Um, just brilliant. <laughs> I, I love that. Um, so... What else have we got? Um, And I really think the film comes to life once she does crack the language. Yes, yeah. Because it it branches out then, doesn't it? It it makes the film bigger. It's on a bigger scale at that point. That song and sequence is is so well done. Yeah. Um, And I always like that sequence because Aerofred gets a mention just before that. (laughs) (laughs) Several times. Yes, it does. Yeah, very much so. Um, then, um, as I said, I remembered the line before, before she even said it, um, uh, just very random. Um, then, uh, and do you know what? I stopped filming because, uh, filming, watching, because we had something else going on and I didn't know there was an intermission and I literally wrote down, damn it. If I'd have waited ten minutes longer, there would have actually been an intermission in the film. Yeah, yeah, um, which was really annoying. Um, yeah, and that's actually quite well done because the the camera's sort of at the front and and they're walking away 
effectively to the back of the stage if it was a stage, aren't they? So yeah. Right, the door to go to the to the ball. Yeah, that's quite a nice little break where they put it in there, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect spot. Um, and then I said, oh, after all that, when we come back, after all that, he's still a dick. No matter, yeah, that's no one matter of what. I know a couple of times that Higgins is a real bell end for most of the film. Yeah, uh, and even at the end, really, in some ways, he is. Yeah, very much so. Um, he's not a likable character in any way, shape, or form. No, and and it's but it's interesting at, at the end when she talks about the relationship because it's not implied that it's uh, it's any way a sexual attraction. It, it's yeah. It's I think there is a large element of father figure in there, which I think is why his her dad is in the film as well and in the play as well. It's, yeah, it's, it's Higgins kind of represents the father she might have wanted to have had. Yeah, but he also doesn't really know how to be that person in some ways. Yeah, and and it it all kind of stems. How does he not realize what he's caused? He yeah, still he's continues ready, yeah. on, and yeah. and doesn't really. It never really changes, even towards the end. Uh, mm. And it's amazing to think. And and this was kind of one of my final notes as we as we come towards the end of end of our thoughts. Um, I love the fact that it's his mum that takes her in. After all mm. that, it's his yes. mum that sees the the good in her. Yeah, because she's quite snooty about her to start with and standoffish yeah. to start. Yeah. Um, but then she sees what she her potential, doesn't she, and what she can yeah. become. Which her son uh, didn't say. Mm. Um, yes. And yet, the last thing I have to say, and it's, it's Audrey Hepburn, and we, we talked about this between us, for me, yeah. she's probably the icon of old Hollywood for me. The two things I wrote down, I think I mentioned this on text, was A, so cute, and B, the camera absolutely loves her. Yeah. Because throughout the film, she just captivates yeah. you throughout, throughout the film with her performance and her look. Yeah, very much so. She She's kind of the, the visage of um, old Hollywood as it came to an end in, in the yeah. way that it, it used to be with the the long-term contracts and stuff like that. She was one yeah. of those, those final, final things to come along. And, and yeah, just a, just a captivating performance. And once that, that accent goes, it's an absolute tour de force. Yeah. In this film. Um, and, and just, just a shame that it didn't all work out the way she would have liked it to have on mm. this film. Um, yeah. Because this is what she'll be remembered for. Yeah, there's no uh, doubt that this is the film, and it's a, it's an Oscar worthy performance as well. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, but I don't have I don't have much else to add. And I'm sure you have, Tony. The stuff that I've missed, there's always stuff that we we miss between us. Uh, just a, little, a couple of little things. I saw I've written down early on the film that I'm whistling already because there's just so many catchy bits in yeah. there. And I sort of just found myself just engaged with the, with the songs again. Uh, I don't just a couple. Um, I, I did know Dan. There's a nice sort of gag early on about um, referencing the USA and speaking English from Rex yeah. Harrison, which did make me chuckle. Um, it's in that that opening song of his, isn't it? In this in the street. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was a sly dig at the Americans. <laughs> there, there definitely is. It's it's definitely a. Film about culture, isn't it? So yeah. it's not a surprise that there's there's digs at Americans. Yeah. 
what else did I, I jot down your notes? Oh, yeah, old banknotes were massive. <laughs> it's like a bit of A4 paper, isn't it? That they... yeah. <coughs> when he, I, and I noticed that a lot in, in film. And, and they're always only written on one side as well, weren't they, back then? Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's more like a giant check. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just, the other thing I just want to mention is, is some, that she's got a really, she's got a really nice comedic turn. We, we mentioned the pebbles at the start. Uh, and her, when she's trying to speak with them in her mouth, it's just absolutely priceless. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, and on that note as well, that the, the scenes when she's doing her alphabet into the machine yeah. and she's just hey. making all, yeah, she's just making all sorts of random noises yeah. as part of it. <laughs> It's just brilliant, yeah. The fact that she didn't get a nomination is just it's mind-blowing, really. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, also, the the bit where she shakes, saying, um, come on, Dover! I yeah. just love that bit. It's just <laughs> so funny. Yeah, it's a real shame she didn't at, very, at least get a nomination for the film. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that, that was a massive error of judgment on, on Warner Brothers' case. Like, yeah. And I, and I do wonder whether it had something to do with the fact that it wasn't her singing, but mm. yeah, that was their choice. Felt, yeah, whether they felt that that it wasn't a complete performance because she was miming, but there we yeah. go. Uh -uh. Yeah. Is, is that it? Yeah, I think I, I think we, yeah. The only thing I sort of just was going to draw out, like a lot of these films, oh, there are a couple of things. There's, there's, this, there's that scene of Higgins which stands out as being a bit a bit outdated now, where he talks about her being more like a man. Yeah, well, I, I thought wow, that, that as he <laughs> as he leaves the house, doesn't he? Saying yeah. you should be more like me. Yeah. And <laughs> that's awkward now. That hasn't aged well. <laughs> no, no, very much so. It wasn't um the wasn't in the greatest taste. Um no. but it's not the first time that we've come across this with um, with the older older films, yeah. and I'm sure we'll still keep finding Things change as we we do this. Some of even the newer films might be out of taste by then. The last thing I was going to point out, not I'd written down an abrupt. It's not really an abrupt ending. It's a really sort of soft ending, isn't it? In the end, yeah, yeah. Listen, there's, listen. there's no real closure to it, is there? She kind of decides that enough's enough, and Get me that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's um. Yeah, very very strange ending in in that terms. But I guess I guess they took the ending from the the musical, the, the yes, Broadway yes. show, and uh, and that was it. They just went with it. Um, I'm faded to black. So, final thoughts then. For me, yeah. this is one of my favourite films that I've watched. Yeah. So far, um, I'm going to have to give it a probably a 94. I think, just because I thoroughly enjoyed the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, that's not far out for myself. Uh, I think I scribbled down. Yeah, for me, I, I, I enjoyed visiting this again in full and, and sitting down and analysing it and, and just kind of left, left me feeling I want to go see the stage version at some point if, it's, if it yeah. turns up again. Um, it's great performances in it. Is it Wilfred I, White, I think, as well, isn't it? Is it yeah. Maybe is, is the, uh, the professor. He's great as well. Um, Harrison is brilliantly annoying. You want to smack him? <laughs> yeah. The fall, right? The performance is just almost the Higgins' mother is great. The, the, the acting is fantastic. It looks amazing. It's got toe tapping songs. 
Uh, and I'm going to go, I think, with a 90. It's, yeah. just, it's a really good one and one of the better winners, I think, that we've come across. Yeah, definitely. So that wraps up our thoughts on 1965 winner, My Fair Lady. As always, there is a second episode coming this month, which uh, will follow shortly. Um, Tony, you will be hosting uh, as we give our thoughts on The Apartment, which is another 1960s winner. Uh, we pulled two 1960s films um, last <laughs> month. Um, but as always, Tony, thank you for joining me. And thank you, listeners, as always, for listening. And we will see you on the next one.